0: Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome
2: to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 22nd show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
3: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
2: Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you are listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or, better yet, connect you with the amazing guests that we have on our show today. Please call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyar.com. And our lineup for today's show. Today, we will be having a panel conversation with our guest Dean Van Dyke, of the pillars group llc and also with cynthia kaiser of kaiser advisors llc we'll also have a conversation with dean on how to find any small business owner one hundred thousand dollars in 45 minutes without spending any extra dollars on marketing or advertising and our followed conversation with cynthia effective communication great information and great guest in studio for more information on any topic discussed please call the show at 1-855-411-50 again that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyer.com and now let's go ahead and start out our show just as we do each and every week with a little bit of money chat
4: money money
2: Well, Keelan, I know that you are busy in business and you are busy at home, so I'm excited to hear what you have for our money chat today.
3: Well, um previously in the money chat, I spoke a little bit about the mortgage cycle. um, And I'm going to dive a little bit more into that today, but with a little bit deeper dive and how uh, COVID has affected mortgage companies. So to start out, I'm going to do a little quick review of the mortgage process. So a borrower goes to a mortgage originator to obtain a mortgage, somebody like me and Tina. Uh, Once closed, the loan is handled by a servicer, which may or may not be the same company that originated the loan. That's important, uh, because there's a lot of confusion with that around customers. Sometimes somebody sold my mortgage. Um, well, that's kind of how it works, and we'll get into that. So the borrower submits payment to the servicer. servicer. However, the servicer does not own the loan; they simply maintaining the loan. So this means they're basically collecting all the payments and forwarding them to the investors, paying taxes, insurance, answering any questions or the one eight hundred number you call. And and while they maintain or service the loan, the asset itself is sold to an aggregator or directly to a government agency like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Hence, why they make all the rules and the guidelines that we follow. So the loans then get placed inside a large bundle, which is put in hands of an investor banker. Um, and then uh and then the investor banker converts those loans into mortgage-backed securities. Uh, that can be sold to the public. So you get those in your retirement plans, things like investment uh, funds, mutual funds, insurance plans, retirements, accounts, things of these natures, they go right back to the public. The servicers role, however, is very critical. In order to obtain the rights to service a loan, the servicer will typically pay 1% of the loan amount up front. The servicer then receives a monthly payment or a strip equal to about 30 basis points per year because they paid about 1% to obtain the servicing rights and received roughly 30 basis points in annual income. The break-even period is approximately three years. So, interesting enough, the longer that a loan remains on the books, the more money that the servicer makes. In many cases, the servicer might want to use leverage to increase their level of income. Therefore, they may often finance half the cost of acquiring the loan and pay the rest in cash. As you can imagine, when interest rates drop dramatically, there's an increased incentive for many people to refinance their loans more rapidly. So rates drop just like they did in COVID. Everyone and their mothers were refinancing the house. This causes the loans that a servicer had on their books to pay off sooner, often before the three-year break-even period. This servicing runoff creates losses for mortgage uh, lenders who, in service, who are uh, servicing the loan, the more loans in the mortgage lender's portfolio, the greater the loss. So you can see that's an adverse effect uh, due to COVID. Servicing runoff or even the anticipation of it can adversely impact the market valuation of servicing portfolio. But at the same time, the lenders typically experience an increase in new loan activity because of the decline in the interest rates. This gives them additional income to help overcome the losses in the servicing portfolio. And the coronavirus caused a virtual shutdown of the U.S. economy, which created an unprecedented amount of job losses as we've all heard about and tina talks about a lot good news is we've seen this tick up the ads of um Which adds a whole new risk to the servicer because borrowers may have difficulty paying their mortgages in a timely manner. And although the servicer does not own the asset, they have the responsibility to make the the payment regardless, uh, even if they haven't received it from the borrower. So under normal circumstances, the servicer has plenty of cushion to account for this, but but an extreme level of delinquency puts the servicers in a really unmanageable position. And in the government's efforts to help those who have lost their jobs because of the coronavirus Shutdown. They've granted forbearance of mortgage payments for affected individuals, which presents an enormous obstacle for the servicers who are obligated to forward those mortgage payments to the investors, even though they have not received it. I mean, now it's a forgiveness. So this is the reason that a ton of mortgage companies struggled and or closed their doors altogether during the pandemic. Me and Tina saw and heard a lot about companies that were having a really tough time to try to navigate these super turbulent waters. I mean, we saw changes in guidelines. We saw jumbo loans that dried up. We saw minimal, uh, minimal credit scores increase. We saw changes in loan down payments. Um, you know, a lot of lenders rates went up and it's all because of COVID and these mortgage companies that were put in this position. Now, granted, me and Tina were extremely lucky during this time. That's when we transitioned to Highlands Residential Mortgage. If you follow our show, you would have known that. And thank goodness we did because very little changed for us. And because of that, we thrived in this market. And especially because there's a lot of tech employees here that weren't affected and we're able to take advantage of it. But we were very blessed during that time. Not only did we survive, but we thrived and only because of the company that we work with and the, and the great people that we align ourselves with. And we made it out. And maybe I'll talk about the uprise in a later uh, money talk, but that's kind of what happened. And a lot of people don't know about it.
2: Yeah, great. A great and easy to understand breakdown, uh, Keelan, for our listeners and understanding how it works on the back end for banks is valuable information. So uh, great money chat. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic was interviewed on CNBC and appeared to not be concerned about the recent rise in inflation. He expects short term inflation volatility but does not think it's hurting the consumer and feels it is all a sign of a healthy economy. It's interesting to see how disconnected the Fed is, and how it's creating an even larger wealth gap. A lot of the questioning was in reference to the consumer confidence reading on Friday, which dropped five points to 83, which is a three-month low. Within the report, consumers expressed how they were feeling about the inflation and did not think it was a good time to buy things, including automobiles, homes, household items, and other to make other purchases. Bostic said that the Fed will not know whether inflation would be transitory or having more staying power for several months until early fall, although they feel it will be transitory, and the Fed would not make a change in their policy until having more clarity. Oftentimes, the Feds overshoot or wait too long to make a change, resulting in negative impacts on the markets. Yesterday, the Fed's minute showed that a number of participants said that supply chain bottlenecks and import shortages may not be resolved quickly, and if so, these factors could put upward pressure on prices beyond this year. They also said that a number of participants suggested that if the economy continued to make rapid progress towards the committee's goals, it might be appropriate at some point in the upcoming meetings to begin discussing a plan on adjusting the pace of asset purchases. Now on the job side, initial job claims, which measures individual filing for unemployment benefits for the first time decreased 4,000 to 444,000. Last week's figure was revised higher by 5,000 from 473,000 to 478,000. Continued claims or those that continue to receive benefits increased by 111,000 to 3.75 million. The pandemic unemployment assistance claims, which gives individual benefits who would not usually qualify and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends benefits after regular benefits expire, decreased by more than 829,000 combined. 15.5, 15.9 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is down 887,000 from the previous week. Mortgage Banker Association released the mortgage application, showing that data overall application volumes increased by 1.2%, purchases were down 4%, and only up 2.5% from this time last year. Refinances were up 4% last week, but are now showing a year-over-year decline of 1.8%. This is because of the increase that we've seen in mortgage interest rates. The refinance share of mortgage activity increased slightly from 61.3% to 63.3%, but remain well below the 75% that we were seeing just a few months ago. Interest rates are 28 basis points or roughly one fourth lower than this time last year. The MBA rate is for last week and always includes a fraction of points in their rate. We will likely see the differential continue to dewindle and eventually be higher now than this time last year in the coming weeks. On the housing starts, we're down 9.5% in April, which was much weaker than expectations. Single-family starts, which is really the most important in the mortgage industry, were down 13%. Permits, which are good uh, forward-looking indicator, were up 0.3% in April. Single-family starts, which is really most important for the industry, was down 13%. Now, we can throw out the year-over-year numbers due to the complete halt in construction this time last year. Builders are delaying starts due to the higher commodity prices like lumber. In fact, 15% of home builders are laying concrete and then not building the house. This counts as a housing start, but we are not getting the house out on the market for supply. This means that the numbers are likely worse than what we're actually seeing. Housing completions were down 4.5%, which makes sense based on this information. Additionally, labor is a huge issue. And that is your money chat for today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, panel conversation with Dean Van Dyke of the Pillars Group LLC and Cynthia Kaiser of Kaiser Advisors LLC right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
2: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 22nd show. You can also listen to our podcast, basic premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
3: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
2: It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show, our panel conversation with our two guests, Dean Van Dyke of the Pillars Group, LLC, and Cynthia Kaiser of Kaiser Advisors, LLC, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome, Dean and Cynthia. Thank you, Tina. Pleasure to be here today.
4: Thank you, Tina. Great to be here.
2: Absolutely. Um, Before we start our panel conversation, I would like to share with our listeners a little bit about both of you. Dean Van Dyke of the Pillars Group LLC is a certified business coach and consultant, sought after speaker and trainer, and contributing author to the Six Figure Coach magazine. For more than 25 years, Dean has been inspiring, inspiring, Motivating and equipping others to live out their dreams. A person of strong faith, Dean has devoted himself to developing and strengthening the personal and professional growth of others through business coaching, training, speaking engagements, and most importantly, by serving others. Since 1989, Dean has been happily married to Maria. They are proud parents of three amazing boys, Michael. Jonathan, and Zachary. Dean loves the outdoors and is an avid shooting sports enthusiast. And a little bit about Cynthia. Cynthia Kaiser of Kaiser Advisors, LLC, after 20 years, in-house as a chief marketing officer for various AM Law 200 law firms, Cynthia founded Kaiser Advisors LLC to share her passion by helping others to communicate more effectively. It is all about saving time and money for her clients. Cynthia utilizes attachment and conflict styles as a lens to understanding communication behavior. Her work is explored in her manuscript, Understanding Attachment Styles and Communication Behavior. In addition, Cynthia holds the marketing chair leadership role for Greater Seattle Chapter of SCORE, as well as a certified mentor in the area of marketing and communications.
3: On. I'm excited. This is going to be a great show. I'm so happy to have you both. We're going to start out our, our uh, panel conversation with you, Dean, and I would love to hear about what brought you into your line of work.
4: Throughout my career, um, you know, I've
3: had the ability to
4: lead teams and, and grow uh, segments of businesses. And and when I was left the corporate world, uh, I had the opportunity to run a business as well and, and not only help that business, succeed and thrive but turn it around and and so what brought me into this is really I saw a need within small businesses to obtain coaching from an experienced uh, business person and help them achieve the uh, you know the dreams that they
3: had originally thought of when they launched their business I love how just about every successful person we have on our show they find a problem and they fix it and i mean and if you watch enough shark tank you see it there too people finding problems and fixing it and there's always a niche there so that's fantastic and that's
2: where you you thrive at what you do is when the passion is driven by the why behind it right
3: exactly that's i mean yeah yeah. the, the the power behind it so cynthia same question to you uh what brought you into your line of work
5: Well, uh, I was told at the age of 16 by my mother, don't go into food service, and I needed to get a job and support myself through college, and I started working in law firms, and The money was really good. And I said, why is it so much money? And the secretary said, it's called hazard pay. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, if you can align with lawyers and identify them and work with them, stay there. So I did. So I spent 20 years in-house as a chief marketing officer for law firms in Southern and Northern California. And with an emphasis on marketing, that really morphed into more of a business development coaching role. And I realized that the route to business development is cultivating and sustaining professional relationships. And the most important paramount thing in there is effective communication. And lawyers are primed to be perfect. Because they need to be perfect, they keep their clients out of jail. They keep their clients in a deal. They they are primed to be perfect, and so they do not have the time or wherewithal to pick their messaging and the words hmm. in their messaging with accuracy. And that is what I do.
2: Yeah, what a uh, what a great skill and gift uh, to share with your clients for sure. So, Dean, there's been a lot that's happened in every industry uh, with the start of COVID, going through COVID, coming out of COVID. What's been happening uh, in your industry as of the current?
4: As a result of the pandemic, and, and even when you see other economic downturns, there's a lot of people that jump into being a solopreneur or start a franchise business. And so that's really you know, we're seeing a lot of that right now, and I think it's great because the the tools that we have within our toolbox are fantastic at this point to help businesses grow and be successful.
2: Yeah, Cynthia, how about for you? What's happening uh, currently in your
5: profession world? Well, I have um, a program called Improving Business Communication, and I had to add the little caveat of through COVID, and so because there are a lot of the normal protocols that we're used to in business, emailing, phone calling, texting, that have taken on new rules in COVID to be respectful and to be trustworthy and to be appropriate. And business owners do not appreciate colloquial emojis that people are used to doing in personal communication on text. And so there needed to be some malleability in the way that people have been communicating with their staff, with their clients, with their colleagues and partners in order to keep the level of camaraderie concurrent with the level of respect.
2: Yeah. And isn't it interesting? I mean, in every industry, you have to adjust a lot of things depending on the environment, the economy, and just things changing. You've got to always be uh not resting on your laurels and leveling up based on what's happening. So that's great.
3: you well, let's uh let's dive into something a little bit more personal um and business, but it's a it's a great combination of the two. What do you love most about what you do?
5: Is that for me? Uh,
3: oh, that's for Dean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I love most about
2: your turn's coming, Cynthia.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What I love most is really the
4: uh it's it's watching a business owner have that aha moment. And when they move from that anxiety phase and into that confidence phase, and you can literally see it not only in their facial expression, even over Zoom, uh, but it's just it's an amazing experience to see that. And that's that's what drives me is to have my clients have that experience.
3: Yeah, I'd say something similar with with myself and our business, too. I'm sure it's Tina the same as when you educate people around purchasing a home and they have that aha moment. And now this confidence you see inside of them and you created that. So I could totally see how you could connect with that love, Dean. Uh, What about you, Cynthia? What do you love most about what you do?
5: I like to see change. I really more than a paycheck. I like to see change. I like to see my efforts. Rewarded in my clients and how they communicate more effectively to save time and money on their own behalf.
2: Yeah, change is so important. I do have a coaching program, my one time, your business eight week burn a shout out to our listeners, complimentary, uh, one time your And the second mind shift in creating a habit around one time in your business is taking the hard road, hard road represents change, but when you do it enough, it now becomes your easy street. So, so important, Cynthia. I love that. Uh, so Dean, uh, let's move back over to you. Uh, what are you doing to best serve your clients and how do you set yourself aside, uh, and uniqueness to your competitors?
4: Well, I think for me, it's really about, you know, as you develop a relationship with a client, it's uh, you, you, you'll develop a personal relationship. And, and one of the things, one of my clients right now is having a really tough go in life, unfortunately. And I think what sets me apart is I'm uh, you know, I have boundaries as far as, you know, being contacted and things like that. And they know that, however, I still have pretty much an open door. And, and I'm probably one of the few business coaches out there that will actually guarantee the work that, that we do together and, and that we execute.
2: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, uh, Dean, and really being at your best for every client, regardless of the space that they're in, um, and what that might look for, uh, with being able to
5: move forward with a product or service uh, that you have. How about for you, Cynthia? I love differentiating myself. So I, as most business development coaches for lawyers and law firms and other professional services, they have retainers, they have minimums, they have uh, uh, packages that you need to uh, adhere to. I don't, I don't have monthly minimums. I don't have requirements. I have a free consult button on my website. I want people to engage me because they are interested in learning about how to communicate more effectively.
2: Well, that's the reason why we have both of you here. Um, is you know really come from coming from a place of contribution and serving your clients, and everything figures it itself out uh, in the end. So uh, thank you so much to both of you for participating in our panel conversation. Coming up next on the Money Hour: How to Find Any Small Business Owner one hundred thousand dollars in 45 minutes without them spending an extra dollar on marketing or advertising wow you will not want to miss our conversation with dean van dyke of the pillars group llc right here on eleven fifty a.m kknw
1: Would you like to find $100,000 in your small business without spending an extra dollar on marketing and advertising? Dean Van Dyke with the Pillars Group helps business owners every day find untapped revenue within their business. Dean's industry-leading methodology has found hundreds of thousands of dollars of untapped revenue in small businesses just like yours. To learn more about his process, you can call Dean at 425-295-7447 or go online to Dean Van Dyke. Talk radio with a purpose.
0: Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
2: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 22nd show. You can also listen to our podcast podcast facebook premiere show or you can listen to our show on our youtube channel i am your host tina mitchell
3: and i'm your co-host keelan harvey
2: we are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time if you are hearing our show at a different time or day you are listening to a rebroadcast we are here to answer your questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Dean Van Dyke of the Pillars Group, LLC. How to find any small business owner 100,000 in 45 minutes without them spending an extra dollar on marketing or advertising right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
3: Good catch, Tina, on that one. Um, Talking about forward momentum with businesses, Dean. um, Where is this forward momentum driving you? So, with the the forward momentum, it's really
4: about taking its progress over perfection. Uh, A lot of us deal with perfectionism, and I think what I coach my clients to is really take that progress versus that perfection. And and one of the things that uh, I learned from the British cycling team is that they went and performed 1% better every day and therefore i believe has have won the tour de, tour de france multiple times just by making a 1% improvement. and so that's what i coach my clients to is to take that progress no matter as as tina mentioned in an earlier segment how painful it can be because when you're doing the things that are uncomfortable you're ultimately going to be successful.
2: Yeah such great advice and and my first mind shift in creating a habit around one timing your business running a high efficiency business model is rejoicing in your small successes. So just as you said, Dean, so important to wake up and just have a spirit of being a little bit better than you were yesterday. And as you say, just level it up 1%. Um, so powerful, uh, Dean. So what was the first step that you took towards your purpose?
4: Well, that was launching my company for one. That was uh... And I, I can still recall that evening sitting with uh, my beautiful bride Maria on the couch, and, and I just said, "Hey, we're going to launch a company." And she looked at me like, "What?" And uh, I said, "We're going to launch a company. We're going to go do things that uh, we've never done before." And uh, you know, and that's what we've been doing. And that's how uh, you know we got started. And it's uh, it has its ups and downs, bumps and in, in the road. But uh, which which business hasn't had those?
2: And how long have you been married, Dean?
4: Oh, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Uh, 32 years.
2: Okay. And the reason I ask is because you called her your bride. My husband calls me his bride as well. And it always just makes me feel so special. Uh, we've been married for 26 years. A bride is kind of known for a new marriage. So when you've been married as long as we have, uh, to have your spouse call you their bride, it's a beautiful thing. So continue that, Dean. we
3: <laughs> Will do. And that just means you've been in business a long time too, right? So... Uh... We talked a little bit earlier about uh fixing problems and how you can create a lot of success by finding problems and fixing them in this world. Uh what problem uh in this world would you love to fix, Dean?
4: Well, it's a twofold thing and and first of all, you know, 50% of businesses fail within the first 5 years and that number goes up as the as time goes on. And so really I'm on a mission to help reduce that. And, and because it's, it, you know, the pandemic aside, I mean, businesses still failed at that significant of a rate Uh, the pandemic has magnified that obviously. Um, And, and that's, that's what I'm on a mission to do is to help businesses put those processes in place, identify that untapped revenue, grow your profits. And, and you don't have to have the big bang theory either. That's where a lot of business owners think, Oh, I just got to have that next, that next big thing and that's not the case it's just that small incremental improvement day after day
2: yeah and you know dean as you know we are all motivated and inspired by others and or our experiences and being able to connect that motivation and inspiration and life experiences to what we do in our career today is a really powerful thing so where did your desire to build a company come from
4: but it came from just the you know everybody's looking for freedom now you have to understand what that freedom is is it time is it you know for some it's money which is okay uh, for me it's time i enjoy the time that i can dedicate to the business whether it's you know 40 50 60 70 hours a week but that's where that's where i enjoy the ability to be able to do that and then also t- to dedicate to my family which is important to me as well um, and yeah, that's, that's what I love.
2: Yeah. My personal motto is live your dream. Now it's not about reaching for an extraordinary life. It's about embracing every second of your day and you'll have that extraordinary life, but you have to connect with somebody like Dean that can really help you manage the, the processes and the system so that you can release the emotional stress so that you don't miss those special moments.
3: Dean, uh, you your your title. I mean, that's a huge amount of money—$100,000 in 45 minutes or less for a business. How the heck do you do that?
4: So, what I like to call it is—it's your very own crystal financial. It's your own crystal financial crystal ball. I'll get it right here eventually. <laughs> uh, so, really, inside every business, there's a treasure trove of untapped wealth, and it's and through your proprietary software that I use, we can uncover that within 45 minutes and it's really there to help them have that financial breakthrough.
2: Uh, I'm definitely uh, gonna schedule time to have a one-to-one with you. So after the show, don't forget, we'll get on our calendars and get that scheduled because I'd love to hear more about what you're up to. So I believe that being a leader takes very special traits. When it comes to your approach to leadership, what is your style?
4: My style is really servant leadership. and I learned that the hard way uh, many, many years ago. I had just left the military. If you're not familiar, the military is command and control, um, and uh, and I, you know, a great friend of mine and my oldest brother helped me learn servant leadership very quickly, and and that's just that's the way I've served ever since.
2: Uh, thank you, definitely, for your uh, for your your service, Dean. And yes, coming from a, contrib- a place of contribution and supporting others is the only way to go as a business owner.
3: Dean, I mean, somebody like yourself, obviously, a lot of accomplishments, military, starting your own business, very brave to do that, to go out on your own and just say, hey, I love that story, by the way, I sit on the couch, and I'm like, I'm going to do this, because uh, you're putting it out there for the world, and I mean, that's your future bride, so you better follow through on it, right? So uh, good for you on that. What would you consider your greatest accomplishment?
4: Um, my, my sons, um, and yeah my sons.
2: Wow. I mean, it doesn't say it any better than that. Um, <laughs> could bring a tear to my eye, uh, Dean. So I have had so many defining moments in my life that have came from my biggest failures. By the way, that's my third mind shift. Uh, embrace your, uh, rejoice in your failures. So what have you learned from your failures?
4: Well, I think the the key thing I've learned is be persistent uh, because I think it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to walk away. And uh, you know, and I think about some of the things that have transpired throughout my life. And I think the failures are there either as a course correction or it's definitely a growing moment. uh, But you have, it's the why in the road and you, you need to figure out which why to take, but I think it's more of a course correction.
2: Yeah, it's our stepping stones. It's the stepping stones that we need to continue to level up and get to the place uh, that we're meant to be for sure.
3: I can't get over your uh, greatest accomplishment comment, Dean, because I just had a son on April 24th. So, and I have a daughter that's five. So, uh, I didn't think you could replicate that love, but it's true. Number two is the exact same feeling, uh, an incredible feeling that I'm so happy uh, that we made that choice. So, I could totally, I would totally agree. My greatest accomplishment is my two little ones for sure. Um, There's probably a lot of people out here, Dean, that are listening to you right now and are wondering you know, and maybe in a similar position that you were in life at one point, what would you give somebody right now who's trying to achieve something similar, uh, some advice on, uh, on 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 what they could take right now?
4: Well, I think the first thing to do is just to, again, take that step. Just, just go forward. If there's something that you want to do, just go do it, live in the moment and experience it. and 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 i know that's tough for a lot of people but i think that that's what you need to do is you just need to take that step because if you don't take the step you'll never know
2: and you know that that ties in perfectly dean to our next question i always try to remember to live as i did as a child with an unlimited amount of enthusiasm courage and the ability to visualize and dream when do you feel most like a kid again?
4: Uh, when I'm laughing with Maria I mean it's uh, she has an uncanny comedic ability and she did it this morning she goes oh I'm gonna be with a famous person soon and I'm like okay <laughs> and it's just it you know it's just it. you bring out I mean laughing brings out such uh, joy that uh, yeah it's just it's whenever she does her comedic routine it's just it's amazing.
2: And you know, it's so important that we align ourselves with people that can put us in our best spirit and our best place, not to say that you are going to avoid people that are in a bad space. However, you've got to make sure that you align yourself with the people that bring in that humor and that passion and that love and that uh, gratitude, and then really capture those moments and hold on to them because that's gonna give you the strength to be able to be your best self for the people that need you to support them that are not in that space. So such a, such a key, uh, key advice and key takeaway for our listeners today, Dean.
4: Thank you. I appreciate
3: it.
2: So Keelan I'm I'm waiting for you to pop in here but you're just sticking on mute over there.
3: <laughs> oh are we uh, I thought we were I thought you were going to the next segment. I'm sorry that was the uh the last question. So Dean um what would you want to leave to uh to our listeners any other additional advice that you could think of or maybe uh a highlight of your career so far.
4: Uh well first of all everybody needs to be on the show so if they haven't figured out how to get on the show they need to do that. Um uh, but I think of all the people that I've interacted with throughout my career, I'm still in touch with people that were early on in my career, and I won't say my age, but it's probably 25 years ago, all the way up until, you know, with the last company I was just at, I'm still in touch with with a few there too. And so I stay in touch with them and, and it just, you know, relationships are the, one of the most important things in life. And that's one of the things that I think, uh, you know, some people take uh, for granted. And, and yeah, I would, I don't do that, that yeah, don't do that.
2: And thank you for the shout out for the show. Uh, Dean, if you are listening and you are a small business owner or a leader in your space, go to moneyhour.com and you'll see a place to request to be a guest on our show. Our show is for you, the listener for you that are listening right now. It also is for our guests to be able to bring in a place to showcase people's business, how they're serving their community through their product and their service, and what ultimately they're passionate about, which is their, obviously, family and life but we all have to have a resource to be able to support that family in life. And that's our business. So Dean, thank you so much for joining us on our show. It was a real pleasure to have a conversation uh, with you. And for our listeners, please reach out to uh, Dean. You can reach out to the show. Uh, Also Dean, if you wanna go ahead and give um, your phone number and your website for our listeners, that would be great.
4: You bet. Well, I appreciate Tina and Keelan for having me on. And my website's pretty simple. It's deanvandyke.com. And you can book an appointment there and also contact me via that. And my phone number is 425-295-7447.
2: Wonderful. Thank you again, uh, Dean. Coming up next on the mini hour, effective communication with Cynthia Kaiser of Kaiser Advisors LLC right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
1: Cynthia Kaiser is the founder of Kaiser Advisors, LLC. She offers clients the ability to modify how they communicate to cultivate and sustain meaningful and lasting personal and professional relationships for success. There is a simple and easy way to change aspects of communicating to ensure that you are being thoughtful and purposeful in the way you communicate to others. Check out Cynthia's website at kaiseradvisors.com for more information.
0: Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
2: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 22nd show. You can also listen to us on podcasts our Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
3: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
2: We bring in studio each week, the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money, because we are here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, Cynthia Kaiser of Kaiser Advisors, LLC, effective communication right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
5: Thank you for having me today.
3: So, Cynthia, let's start out with, um, do you want to save time and money with successful business relationships? Is that a good idea?
5: Absolutely. Who doesn't want to save time and money? And the best way to do that is to make sure that you are communicating effectively with your clients and potential clients.
2: Yeah, saving money, saving time. All is through our communication, I always say if you're not getting the results that you want it's almost always. In how you're delivering your message and just as Dean talked about 1% it's just making an adjustment in your communication by the smallest angle to where you're going to be able to get better results. And really, it's our job as a a business owner, as a business leader, to really think how we can best communicate with our clients, because otherwise it's a missed opportunity for the clients that need our product or service. So Cynthia, what do you do if you have trouble communicating with your family members, including spouse, I never have that issue, uh, significant others, LOL,
5: or siblings and parents? Okay, well, <clears throat> I need to take a step back and introduce attachment theory. Okay. I had been 30 years ago, I met my best friend in college, and I realized early on that I needed to have very specific communication tools and strategies with her. I had to be very fragile, I had to be very specific, I had to be non-accusatory, and I didn't have the background back then, I was a taut. And I just started navigating the path with her. And then 20 years ago, I started with lo- working with lawyers in a business development capacity, and I found myself doing that same thing. I was individually adopting my own communication style to how they communicated. And a photographer who was doing a massive website reboot with me and 80 headshots over the course of three days said to me, I've never seen anyone do that before. I said, what did I do? He said, you changed how you spoke to each and every one of them. I said, well, I had to. If I didn't get them comfortable with me, I wouldn't have gotten a good headshot. If I don't have a good headshot, I can't launch a new website. You know how that goes. So uh, at the end of 2016, my eight-year position as CMO at a law firm was being eliminated. And to be um, differentiated by my colleagues, I immediately went back to graduate school and got my master's in communication. The first thing they said to me was, pick a phenomenon. I said, okay, great. What's the phenomenon? I swear. And I started researching all of these communication theories, and I happened upon attachment. Attachment started in the late 60s with John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth, and it was really how an infant attaches to their mother or caregiver. It's not the mother's fault. It's not the child's fault. It's nature. It's just what happens. And it was a three-tier formula, the secure, anxious ambivalent, just like it sounds, or avoidant. Then in the mid 90s, a bunch of communication scholars got together, too long to list all those names, and they came up with a four model quadrant for adult attachment. Very simply, secure, I like me, I like you, I trust me, I trust you. Dismissive, sometimes called avoidant, I like me, but I don't like you. I trust me, but I don't trust you. Then moderate, which is called ambivalent or preoccupied. I like you, but I don't like me. I trust you, but I don't trust me. And then um, the, the, the most severe, fearful avoidant or sometimes called disorganized. I don't like me and I don't like you and I don't trust me and I don't trust you. That became my thesis, that became my manuscript. That is what I went back and recorrelated and recalibrated all of the lawyer relationships I had made in coaching them and realized those attachment styles. Where someone falls on the attachment scale is how and why they communicate the way they do and how and why they perceive communication the way they do. So the old telephone game of I say orange and 10 people down the telephone say apple. I am here to decide if orange was said or apple was said and why. And once I have that knowledge there are specific tools and strategies per style that allow people to to communicate more positively, more effectively, are able to resolve conflicts more freely, and in the end, it saves them
3: time and money. What what a valuable tool. Uh, People communicate differently, and the quicker you can pick that up, and having a tool like that to analyze that, the quicker that you can get your message across to another and not offend them quite frankly sometimes you don't know but you could say something to somebody and they hear it a different way than you're intending so what a valuable thing now I know and especially with people you love that um, it can be tough to handle discussions with them around difficult situations are there uh, people in your life that are similar
5: oh yes So half of my work is on the professional side that I've just spoken to. And the other half of my work is on the personal side, which I have the passion for. Tina, that is my passion. So whether it's couples or siblings, or a man on his fourth wife, or a woman on her fourth husband, and she's very, very successful in business, or he is, but none of their kids talk to them. I like that. I like being at a cocktail party, albeit COVID, and everybody's outside and six feet away from each other, but after a couple of drinks, you notice a couple who are getting very spicy, and salty towards each other. And the filter has come off and they are no longer caring about how they communicate to each other. I like that, I want that.
2: So Cynthia, um, what do you do in a workplace when things get stressful because of lack of positive communication from managers, owners,
5: and or staff? How do you advise on that? Well, I do workshops to improve communication infrastructure. And it's really about instituting respect, camaraderie, loyalty, and taking the time to listen. Most people are much more interested in talking than they are about listening. And listening is most important in the communication world. And there's also, as I'm sure you all have heard, a difference between hearing something and listening. Listening, you are not lacking curiosity. Listening, you are taking a moment and putting your feet into the shoes of who you are listening to and getting a sense of where they're coming from. Once I have a more accurate understanding of the two sides to a conflict, I am able to work collaboratively to get them to understand each other and their other sides, their own sides and ways to benefit both sides of a conflict.
3: Cynthia, that reminded me of my daughter right now. This is something I'm teaching her. She's five and I want her to actively listen better because she's five and she's so excited and she's got to get her things out, but she misses a lot because she needs to just hear the message and then respond. So just, I totally thought of my daughter, London, when you're talking about that. Um, So as far as creating and sustaining business relationships, that can be difficult for people. Do you find it difficult with yourself and your business?
5: No, it's... If if I wasn't an effective and positive communicator, I certainly wouldn't have the tools and strategies to teach others to do it. But it took a lot of self-awareness, self-actualization, self-realization in the last five years of my life to really pull away from being an in-house chief marketing officer and for smaller firms marketing director and really understand the value I bring and yet also some of my impediments understanding your own impediments and your own roadblocks to effective communication can lighten your load and clear up that pathway. Yeah, and there's
2: no shortcuts to the change that you must make to continue to level yourself up personally in your business. However, there are are shortcuts on how to get there when you work with somebody that has the expertise and has been through that path. So Cynthia, you cannot win all your clients and not everybody's gonna be the right client for your product or service. However, what if you lose a client after a period of time without being given a substantial explanation?
5: Part of my coaching and consulting is really about uh, client feedback and making sure, because I call it corporate dating, it is corporate dating. And even though you've been married to a client and the ring is on the finger for 20 years, you still have to open the door and you still have to open, you know, um, um, bring the chair out. You have to find out what's bothering your clients. You have to find out what you can do better. You have to find out ways to improve the relationship through effective communication before you lose the relationship. Sometimes it's nothing that you've done. It's the way of the land, and that's how it goes. But sometimes you can keep a client by listening more and learning to positively communicate with them.
3: Cynthia, we're almost out of time, so this has got to be a quick one if you wouldn't mind. But do you feel the oh. aspects of abandonment and rejection as far as personal or even per, uh, uh, business relationships?
5: That's a big one because in the third tier, dismissive and ambivalent, and the fourth tier of fearful avoidant and disorganized. In the third tier, it's just the appearance of possible rejection and abandonment that will make people close up and not be able to listen or communicate. In the fourth quadrant, it's actually not perceived, it's real, real abandonment, real rejection and real neglect from past uh, experiences can rear up and make someone close off to being an effective communicator and also receive effective communication. So I work with people as to the historical trauma behind those communication Mm -hmm. of being abandoned and being rejected in order to realize their full potential. Yeah,
2: Cynthia, a uh, great information and a great service that you are uh, offering to uh, the community. Thank you so much for being here. I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. Oh, wonderful. And Dean, thank you to you as well for being a guest on our show today.
4: Thank you and appreciate being here.
2: And this is your host, Tina Mitchell.
3: And your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
2: We are your local mortgage experts. Sad to say, we got to sign off for today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we both look forward to talking with you more money (laughs) with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.